Amen, OPBC Online, a ministry of Old Paz Baptist Church in Northfield, Minnesota, coming to you live here today. It is, what time? It is 2.10 p.m. Central Time, and uh, we are live on a Wednesday, like they say here in Minnesota, Wednesday, whatever that means. But uh, we are live here today, and I hope you're doing well out there in YouTube land And actually, we're not on YouTube, so I don't know why I said that. We are on Rumble. We are all over the place, right? So I think we're on Sermon Audio. Let me see. Unless, oh, Andrew didn't hit the button. I got to go back on the dashboard. Well, it says we're streaming. I don't see it. Hmm. I don't know, Andrew. Looks like there's a problem with Sermon Audio. It says... I'm streaming on Sermon Audio, but when I go over here, I don't see anything for streaming unless they change the broadcast. Let's see. Let's see. It says I'm streaming. There I am. See, I'm right there. Right over there. It says the connection is unstable. Your stream briefly disconnected which may cause some issues in synchronizing the audio. Well, stop doing that then. Let's see. I don't know. I'm not sure why that's happening. Oh, there it is. There we go. All right. I guess we're okay over there. Okay, there's 50 on here right now. I'm always ready to rumble, Jody Hammond. I am always ready to rumble. Always. Uh, Let's see here. Uh, Can I delete that comment? Nope, sorry, you can't delete the comment, Rachel. You are forever labeled right there. You are forever labeled right there. For recommending something and you can never get out of it. You can't erase it. You can't make it disappear. You can't act like you never said it. It is on there for life. You're going to be remembered as the person that recommended Alberto, which are great comic books and probably true, but probably not for doctrine. <laughs> That's right. Anyway. But on another note. If you want to give any instruction to people and make them happy or make them sad, whichever they may be, uh, you all can go on to sermonaudio.com slash Pastor Cooley, and you can can show them this sermon. Wife, do you work harder for your husband than for a boss? That you could do. You could go there, and you can click on that. I posted that this morning, or maybe it was last night late at midnight. That's what I think. So anyway, you can you could go on there and you could quote that. Quote that. <laughs> you could go on there and you can download that or you can listen to that. <laughs> My brains. <laughs> ah, they're working great today. Anyway, okay. So we could do that and it'll be great. You're gonna love it. I you know what? Some people are gonna love it, some people are gonna hate it. Right? So, so anyway, there you go. 
And uh, let's see. So, no comparison. I don't know what that means. No comparison, Katie Porter. I'm not sure what you mean by that. But, anyway, there we go. All right, so, uh, this uh, that sermon right there will definitely, definitely rattle some cages. And the one I preached yesterday. No, not yesterday. Goodness. On Sunday. Okay, the one on Sunday. Was about modesty. Right? So that one will definitely, that that one goes along with that series. And then, of course, we were out all day. All night, excuse me. On Sunday, if you didn't catch that, you could catch the street preaching live on, not live now, but recorded live. That makes any sense to you. My brains are bouncing around like a bouncy ball. It's like a pinball. You remember pinball where you play pinball and the and the it, my brains are having a hard time concentrating today. I know why though, but it doesn't really matter. I do know why I'm having a hard time concentrating. I I understand. But um anyway, it just I have to ignore it and I have to keep moving and try to focus my mind as best I can. But I do understand why the bouncy ball just keeps moving and it won't st- it won't stay where it's supposed to go. So you'll have to bear with me as I try to focus on the things that I'm supposed to here. And uh, But there is a method. There, there is a reason why my brains are bouncing all around like a pinball machine. Uh, so like a ball in a pinball machine. There's a good reason for that. But it really doesn't matter uh, to any of you at this point. But it is happening. Uh, but that's the way it goes. So anyway... So if I chase squirrels, rabbits, and all kinds of other things, uh, there is something wrong with you. Well, <laughs> yeah, of course there is. Of course there is. I mean, was there wasn't any doubt of that. I mean, maybe there, there wasn't any doubt whether there was something wrong with me. I've never denied that at all. <laughs> that's, just, that's just fact right there. And if you talk to most of my enemies, they have a whole list of things that are wrong with me. I mean, they literally do. Like one time I had a lady pull out a list and she was getting ready to tell me everything that was wrong with me. I mean, she literally had like a notebook with her and the list was coming out. And her husband was like, no, don't do it. Don't do it. Stop. I never saw them again after that. But hey. (laughs) Guess who's still here? Oh, okay. Um. <laughs> guess who's still here and guess who's not? <laughs> oh, that's right. Nothing that the return of the Lord will <laughs> That's right, Katie. That is right. Okay. All right. Hey, I noticed that India Jones isn't on here. Leno Paul, he's probably sleeping. India Jones, that's his new name, India Jones. So if if you see Leno Paul and he comes on here, just call him India Jones because that's his new name. All right. 
All right, anyway, okay. Oh. Anyway. Uh, so these messages, though, I put this in a series for raising children. And I know it seems kind of odd, probably, that you would put that, but I'm, it's, I, there's a purpose for that. The reason this is in there is to help train children. This is in the wrong one, actually. Maybe. I got to check this out. This is the wrong one. This is supposed to go in the other series. I have two that are similar, and I'm just going to combine them all. So anyway, but the purpose for that, the purpose for that is to teach children to raise them up. And it's going through the Proverbs. Really, what we're doing is going through the characters in Proverbs. And I might just change that, that title of that series. But anyway, this one is actually supposed to go another one. It's in the wrong one. But hey, that's okay. We'll figure it out later. Not a big deal right now. Not that important right now to, to figure out. But listen to those. They are profitable. And I got to figure out what I'm actually going to title that series. It'll help. All right. So. So I had fun this weekend. I had a lot of fun this weekend. Uh, we This last weekend, we were out preaching the Bible out in the open air, and which we will cover on Friday's broadcast. Friday's broadcast will be another evangelism, confrontation evangelism 101. We're going to talk about the Masons. We're going to talk about the, oh, let's see, the Masons. What was the other one we talked? Oh, abortion. We're going to talk about confronting all of these different situations, okay? So we will deal with that on Friday as we deal with uh, Confrontation Evangelism 101. And we will continue our teaching on that, and we will take some video. And if there's time, which I think there might be, I might cover the charismatics too on that one because I have a charismatic video I'd love to to cover. But we're going to deal with objections and deal with people on the street, and uh, we'll continue to do that. So anyway, all right? We'll cover that on the next broadcast. But today we are going to cover the charismatics. Because, um, yeah, good, good call, Carl. I will use that. That is a good call, Carl. I will absolutely do that. I have it right over there on the shelf, and I will use that. Uh, since that... Mason, that little Freemason, that little dirty traitor Freemason, what he said to me. We'll talk about the Masons, so we'll expound on that a little bit, won't we? And we'll have a good time talking about the Masons. I wanted to get him over to my sermon. I almost pulled up my sermon on my phone. I thought that'd be a great idea. I mean, I thought about it while I was doing that. I couldn't, of course, because I would have to find my notes. But why I preach against Freemasonry? That would be a good one, huh? But anyway, we'll deal with that all in due time, of course. But Andrew's got that video ready for me, and it'll be ready. And we edited out the cussing because they are some nasty people. People in Minnesota are nasty. My brother-in-law is up here visiting, and and he 
he went out with us and he's like, man, these people are terrible. I was like, oh, yeah. One of my guys was like, you, you think that's bad? You should be at Northfield. Right? You think they're bad, bad in Minneapolis. You should go to Northfield. You ain't a kidding. There's some bad people there. Not like Corn Pop being a bad dude. Not like Corn Pop. Right? Not that bad. Because Corn Pop was a bad dude, man. All right? Okay. So, you pray for us. We're going to Canada. I, hey, they just cashed my checks. Not all of them. There's one more left. Oh, my goodness. They take a lot of money. They're cashing my checks for Canada right now. No, they're actually cashing them for, um, for our passports. So they're, they're, they're cashing them, and they, they cashed a bunch of them. Man, could you imagine I had to write $15 checks all separate for each child? That's funny. So, uh, and then, they, of course, they cashed the big one, and then uh, now they're gonna, they'll get to cash in the other ones. Uh, there's only one left, I think, for them to cash. And then Grandma and Grandpa have their birth certificates in. Okay? So Grandma and Grandpa's birth certificates are in. And uh, we are going to get them taken care of, hopefully, maybe tomorrow or something. Uh, We can. If not, it'll be Monday. And uh, we'll get them all taken care of, right? So. I know. So much for carbon, right? Fabian, are you close to Philadelphia? I just haven't decided yet how I'm going to come back. Although I want to ru- run up those rocky steps. I'm just kidding. Maybe I would. Maybe I'd still run up. <laughs> just... But um, you pray for us for that and uh, pray for all of the. Uh, we got to get the passports in, obviously, but they cash the checks. So their paperwork is on the way. Everybody's got their passport, or everybody's got their, their paperwork in besides Grandma and Grandpa, which we're going to do here soon, and get them out, and you just pray that everything comes back in time, and uh, pray for us to, the Lord to continue to provide for us as we travel through, and and uh, all that good stuff, and uh, we're looking forward to it. Yeah, Teresa, you guys got to go this week and get that done. Don't don't wait. All right? Got to get that done as quick as possible. Don't wait on that stuff. All right? Does anyone know of any ex-Catholic Facebook groups? Uh, I don't personally. I stay out of groups. They kind of annoy me. I always get in trouble. I always I always get in trouble. But get going on that. All right, get going on your paperwork, Teresa. And you pray for us for all that stuff. Um... 
Looking forward to it. So, one of the things that I'm going to be doing is flying in Brother Bicey and Mrs. Bicey, and I'm going to be flying them in uh, to there and uh, and um, taking care of some things there. So, uh, you pray about that. They're going to be recording things for me and all that good stuff. So, we are looking forward to that. So, you pray for the Lord to uh, take care of all those things, okay? But... Um, we got all those fun expenses and all that other stuff to take care of and get going. So get going on and get ordered. I gotta get, I'm got i going to nail down those dates here. Uh, I mean, they are nailed down pretty much, but I want to figure out when I'm going to be there and everything like that. When I'm actually going to be in that Toronto area, I got to look around at some things. Pray for me this Saturday also, and we're going to get going on our broadcast here, but pray for me this Saturday also because I'm going to be studying for the Coliseum. Uh, I'm going to spend after my, ser- I'm going to do my sermon work tomorrow, Lord willing, get my sermon done. I already have my afternoon sermon. I'm still in martyrs mirrors, which has taken me a long time to get through, but that's okay. I am long winded. Um, but, uh, to the, t- the 10th century, it's like an epic saga here, but, um, We're going to go through that, and I'll get my sermon work done. And then I want to work on the Coliseum on Saturday, nailing down a bunch of things, getting the outline of things done. And sometime this month, Brother Andrew and I are going to record on a Saturday, not this Saturday, possibly next Saturday, uh, we're going to record, start to record audio for it and uh putting things together so you pray for us we want this project done by april by april 1st or march 1st somewhere around march i think it was march i said i don't know i don't i think it was sometime in march i'd like to have it done by march 15th to april 1st somewhere in between there i'd like to have it done i'd like to show it to the church then i'd like to uh get it live and uh, put it on youtube sermon audio everywhere okay so you uh you pray for uh for that to take place okay that i can get a lot of studying done this this saturday on that because that is necessary okay uh and then we'll get moving on it we hey we actually filmed something that was not recorded you it was recorded but you didn't see it uh, outside of that college outside of the uh united the u.s bank stadium there U.S. Bank Stadium. Okay. We uh, we recorded that live outside of some footage out there for the for the Coliseum. So I'll be working on that outline this week. And Brother Andrew's got all the video that we need, really. I mean, we got a bunch of, we just got to narrow stuff down and uh, and put some good stuff in. So we are looking forward to it. And, uh, We'll uh, see what we can do. Okay. All right. Well, we are going to get started with our outline here. I am, I am very grateful to wayoflife.org. Again, I don't agree with everything. Uh, 
I don't agree with everything every preacher says. Probably not myself sometimes. Uh, but uh, I am very grateful for uh, this this book on the charismatic movement. It is very helpful. And uh, we are going to talk about these things. I believe it is very important to combat the garbage that is out there with the charismatic movement. Right? So, I really think that one of the most dangerous movements out there today is the charismatic movement. Okay? It is one of the most dangerous movements. And I believe that it is, it is what I call the fake Baptist movement. It's an imitation movement of the Baptists. It, it, it tries to align itself, right? It tries to align itself with... Uh, fundamental Christianity, which it's a lie. And it's a it's a it's it's what I would call an antichrist movement. It is a very dangerous antichrist movement. As you know from the history that I've talked about, it was started from Rome. The mystics started it. The mystics started it and continued it. Uh, the Catholic charismatic movement started. I've, I've, I've went through the history of that. You can find it. It's there. If you go to sermonaudio.com slash Pastor Cooley, you can find all of our uh, sermons. I am probably our sermons and broadcasts. I, I would venture to say... That on a few subjects, I have covered more than most on those subjects. One of those is the charismatic movement because I hate it. I make no bones about it. I hate it. I absolutely hate the movement because it's dangerous. And it destroys people. It distracts people. Jody Hammond asked the question, did Rome start Islam too? Yes. Go back and listen to my series called Rome is the Mom of Islam. And uh, I covered that like 10 years ago or so. And I covered it again last year. Since this is 2024. But uh, yes. So, okay. So we are going to kind of pick up where we left off last time with the charismatic movement. And last time we talked about that uh, biblical tongue or tongues versus 
the charismatic biblical tongues versus the charismatic tongues. And the next point we come to, and this is why I put three biblical proofs charismatic tongues are fake. The first proof that we'll list today, there are others, and we've already talked about them. But the first one we'll talk about today is biblical tongues were not spoken by all Christians. Biblical tongues, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7 through 10 says, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another the gifts of healing, By the same Spirit. To another the working of miracles. To another prophecy. To another discerning of spirits. To another diverse kinds of tongues. To another the interpretation of tongues. Now, one of the things that's important to understand. The gifts were given as a sign to Israel. They were not given for any other reason. They were given for a sign to Israel. The Jews seek a sign. They were given signs and wonders. The gifts were also given for the scriptures. These sign gifts were given So the scriptures would be written. That's why they were given. Once the scriptures were written. The sign gifts were no longer needed. That's a that's a major point that people need to understand. That they were given only for the Jews, number one. Number two, for the scriptures to be written. To finish the canonization of the scriptures, which God finished, and it's in the Bible. It wasn't done by some Roman Catholic council. It was done by the Lord. Okay? 1 Corinthians 12, 28 through 30. And God has set some in the church, first apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healing, healings, helps, governments, diversities of tongues, are all apostles, are all prophets. Are all teachers. Are all workers of miracles. Have all the gifts of healing. Do all speak with tongues. Do all interpret. Paul asks, do all speak with tongues? Because the question is rhetorical. And the answer is no. 
Of course not. All did not have the same gifts. And all could not speak in tongues. Otherwise, it would not have been assigned to anyone. When, you, when you're driving on the road and you see a red stop sign, your eye picks up the red stop sign and it stops. You stop the vehicle because of the red stop sign that is right there. Because it's a sign that gathers attention. It grabs attention. If you had 40 stop signs or 50 stop signs everywhere, it would not be something special that stuck out. Or if you had yellow stop signs and blue stop signs and all these other, it wouldn't stick out to you. Just like a red light sticks out. It's something that sticks out. It's out of the norm of the flow of things. The flow of traffic goes on. The flow of things moves on until the red stop sign comes out, which is a sign. It becomes a sign. Right? That's what it was. It was a sign that God was doing something. And it was needed for the scriptures to be written. And after they were the gift of knowledge, these other gifts were done away with. They were not needed. Because the scriptures would fulfill all things that were necessary for the believer. And the focus was no longer on Israel. It was on the world. And the scriptures were given so the world would be able to, the gospel would reach the world. The United Pentecostal Church tries to get around this by making a distinction between tongues as the initial evidence of spirit baptism and tongues as a gift of the spirit. Here's what they say. Some people quote 1 Corinthians 12.30 in an attempt to prove that not all speak in tongues when they are filled with the spirit. Do all speak with tongues? However, this verse refers to the gift of tongues. That is speaking a public message in tongues to be interpreted for the congregation, which is a spiritual gift that a person may exercise subsequent to the infilling of the Spirit. Though both tongues are the initial evidence of the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and tongues as a later spiritual gift are the same in essence, they are different in administration and operation. That was in a, a book that Why Did God Choose Tongues? What a bunch of morons. They're lying. They're lying. They're making it up. 
because the teaching does not hold up in the light of Scripture. A simple survey of the book of Acts proves conclusively that not all believers in the early churches spoke in tongues. How about this? Even on the day of Pentecost, while the disciples were in the upper room, while the disciples that were in the upper room spoke in tongues, those that were saved that day through Peter's preaching did not speak in tongues. Let's look at that. Acts chapter 2. It says, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. But if you go down here, now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said to them, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. You shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promises unto you and to, and to your children, to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And with many other words that he testified and exhort, saying, Save yourself, yourselves from this untoward generation. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized. And the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and prayers. No one spoke in tongues. None of those people spoke in tongues. Peter preached to them. They got saved. That's what happened. They did not speak in tongues. And they received the gift of the Holy Ghost, the Bible says. The Jews that believed in Acts 4.4 and Acts 6.7 did not speak in tongues. Howbeit many of them which heard the word believed, and the number of the men was about 5,000. No tongues. And the word of God increased, and the number of the disciples multiplied. Acts 6.7. And the word of God increased and the number of the disciples multiplied in Jerusalem greatly and a great company of the priests were obedient to the faith. No tongues. Right? It's very important that you discern the scriptures. This this is very important. We've even covered some of this before, but it's necessary to continue it and to cover it. Because they trick you. They're sneaky. The charismatics are. They have this blanket thing like apostles spoke in tongues. Believers, all the believers spoke in tongues. Therefore, what we do are tongues. Oogie, boogie, woogie, woogie, woogie. And they do their little wizardry stuff and they trick you. And then you're like, okay. Yeah, well, I guess I guess I got to believe what they're saying. Not if you read the scriptures through, you don't. Not if you read it in context, which which charismatics have never done a time in their life. The Ethiopian eunuch was saved in Acts 8, 35 to 39. He didn't speak in tongues.
Then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. And as they went on their way, they came unto a certain water. And the eunuch said, See, here is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? And Philip said, If thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And he commanded the chariot to stand still. And they went down both into the water, both Philip and the eunuch. And he baptized him. And when they were come up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught away Philip. Well, the Spirit of the Lord was clearly there. The Spirit of God was given to, to him. And he didn't speak in tongues, did he? There you go. At, those that were saved in Antioch, Acts chapter 11. Verse 20 and 21. And some of them were men of Cyprus and, and Cyrene, which when they were come to Antioch, spake unto the Grecians, preaching the Lord Jesus. And the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number believed and turned unto the Lord. Right? The Philippian jailer, we all know that. What must I do to be saved? And they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. No tongue speaking there. The Bereans in Acts chapter 17, right? They were Bereans. They didn't speak in tongues, did they? And some of them believed it consorted with Paul and Silas, and of the devout Greeks, a great multitude, and of the chief women, not a few. No speaking in tongues. Why not? They didn't have to. They weren't given the gift. Not everybody was. It was given for a purpose. It was given for a reason. People need to really study their Bibles and walk through the Scriptures. There's a ton of deception that is out there. Christmas and others who were saved at Corinth in Acts chapter 18, verse 8, did not speak in tongues. Right? I mean, they didn't have an episode like this. She was screaming. And when I went over to her, I, I didn't know exactly what happened. They said the car ran over her foot. Well, I just picked up her foot and put it in my hand. I said, I'll go in the name of Jesus. Whoa. made whole by the power of God. Sorry, I was having fun Bunches listening to that. Let me back it up here a little bit here. Haven't they said uh, the car ran over her foot? Well, I just picked up her foot and put it in my hand. I said, Uncle Shadlamakasa, in the name of Jesus, you be made whole by the power of God. You know, here's the bad thing. If I was married to that thing right there, I would probably chew my own arm off to get away from that thing. Oh, just her voice. I'll be honest with you. As a married couple, you know, uh, sometimes you can get upset with one another. Sometimes you can 
right? Sometimes you can, uh, you know, get frustrated. Maybe even raise your voice. But I've never had my wife, like, yell at me. Like, I, I, I've never had my wife yell at me. And I don't yell at her either. I just can't imagine a Mary, a Christian married couple yelling. But if this woman was, like, raising her voice like that, if she was yelling out that and doing that, I would just be like, oh, my goodness, you make me sick. I'm telling you, there ain't nothing worse than a loudmouth woman. I'm telling you. I... This gets people mad at me, but I, I'll tell you, I can't stand a loudmouth yelling woman, man. Ugh. 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 Just nothing worse than that, man. There ain't, by the way, there's nothing uglier than a loudmouth woman either. I don't care. I don't care if she looks like a model, some kind of model. I don't care if she looks like something, you know, uh, you know, that the world loves and thinks is attractive, right? I'm going to tell you. There's nothing that's uglier than a loudmouth woman. It is the, she is the ugliest thing in the world. Know exactly what happened. They said uh, the car ran over her foot. Well, I just picked up her foot and put it in my hand. I said, Uncle Shadlamakasa, in the name of Jesus, you be made whole by the power of God. I'm not ashamed of the Holy Ghost, folks. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm not ashamed of the Holy Ghost. That is not the Holy Ghost. Whatever that nut just said has nothing to do with the Holy Ghost. Nothing to do with the Holy Ghost. Nothing at all. Begin to speak with other tongues. And, darling, don't you think that's not unusual? That is an unusual response. When it happened to me, oh, mercy, I was in a church. Everybody was talking in tongues. They had fluent tongues. And all I had inside of me was one little word floating around. Pookie poo. (laughs) means absolutely nothing that guy stood up and said something that means absolutely nothing pookie poo pookie poo (laughs) pookie poo I see you If that guy said that, I would look at him like, you're an idiot. You're a devil-possessed idiot, but you're an idiot for sure. Or I could call him what the Bible calls specifically an absolute fool. You are a fool. You are an absolute fool is what you are. You got up there and opened your mouth. You're no different than a man that can't control what he's saying or control his actions. And you're belligerent like a belligerent fool. Right? 
just like a belligerent fool. That's what it is. An absolute fool. I was in a church. Everybody was talking in tongues. They had fluent tongues. And all I had inside of me was one little word floating around. Pookie poo. Pookie poo. And I thought, God, if I say pookie poo. Is that anything like Scooby-Doo ICU? Pookie poo ICU? Oh, my goodness. I, I'm already thinking of a parody. <laughs> I see you. <laughs> oh, no. I got to stop. I have to shut that part of my brain off. I, I have to shut that part of my brain off because if I don't, it will just run. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. No Pookie Poo Scooby-Doo parodies. Okay. <laughs> oh, it's, it won't stop. Stop. Just stop. Don't figure that out in your brain. Because my brain right now wants my brain right now wants to go through an entire <laughs> entire episode of Scooby Doo. <laughs> oh no. Fabian. The whole thing, right? Yeah. Fabian, I can I can hear I can hear the song. I got to stop. Okay, let's go. I'll be destroyed. It'll be the end of my life if I end this. Everybody say, come on, man. Turn it loose. Come on. You can do it. And I'm thinking, pookie poo. I can't say that. And finally, I just said, a pookie poo. He's got it. He's got it. And I mean, the whole crowd went wild. All I said, but it was very unusual. <laughs> All I said was pookie poo and the whole crowd went wild. <laughs> Well, does anybody think they're a bunch of fools then? Because you, meanwhile, you're sitting in a church service and this guy looks up at you and he goes, Pookapoo, Pookapoo, Pookapoo. Right? Let's get it straight. I do not believe, well, I do believe that part, partly. But Scooby-Doo was definitely hitting acid. That, that Shaggy and the Mystery Machine, that was acid. They were hardcore acid trippers, smoking dope and eating Scooby snack. Because no dude is that hungry to eat a Scooby snack unless he is on drugs. Well, response. And with that unusual response, I got filled with the Holy Ghost. I was not, it wasn't in the Bible. So that guy is saying that I got, and I'm going to back that up a little bit here. That guy is saying that he got filled with the Holy Ghost saying pookie poo. This is the Pentecostal movement. That's exactly what it is. This is who they are. This is in church. They're... They're filled with devils is what they are. They're attributing things to the Holy Spirit that, that belong to the devil. With that unusual response, I got filled with the Holy Ghost. I was not, it wasn't in the Bible anymore. It was walking around the church. It's pookie-poo. Did you say it? Did you hear? It wasn't in the Bible no longer. It was, it was, well, I got filled with the Holy Ghost. It was no longer in the Bible. It was walking around the church.
And with that unusual response, I got filled with the Holy Ghost. I was not, it wasn't in the Bible anymore. It was walking around the church. It's pooky-poo, pooky-poo, pooky-poo. I was just going like... Draw a little closer. Put your hands out toward your television screen. Put your hands on mine. When I read in the Bible where he says, I am, I just smile and say, yes, I am too. Amen. That we're gods. I am a little Jesus. Yes. Yes. I have his name. I'm one with him. I'm in covenant relationship. I am a little God. If your engine is not revving up, you know what you need? You need a Holy Ghost enema right up your rear end. What other people think? No, uh huh. Doesn't matter what they think. <laughs> See now, as a when I was a lost man, and even after I got saved for a while, I, I watched wrestling and stuff like that, and then I put away all that trash. But but I remember wrestling so much. That when I see these guys, I just, I could recognize a, like, I could recognize a fake right away. Like, I, I can recognize a fake, like, like, right away. With these guys. With these charismatics. So when they start doing their fake stuff, like, I, I'm like, oh, I saw this on wrestling. Like, these guys are faking. They are straight up faking. In that sense, uh, do you say? Do you think that they're ever full of devils? Yeah, but that's what makes them fake. Yeah, that's what makes them fake. The devil. And can you believe, and this is a horrible recording of this, but I don't really care to watch it in HD. It's out there, but, but here's the thing. Let me let me tell you something because it really doesn't matter. You don't need to see their faces to see how much of a fools they are. But listen, I want you to think about this for a second, okay? These guys are in a huge auditorium and people are watching them do this. People are watching them Professing Christians are watching these two get up on stage and act like this. They're watching it. And they think it's real. By the way, I'm going to show you as we continue on through this that this is, this is a violation of Scripture. Everything they're doing is a violation of Scripture. Even if it was real, which it isn't. Even if it was a real language, which it isn't. It's wrong.
Because they're not following any biblical order. Middle Eastern gibberish. <laughs> Did he just say yabba dabba do? Almost sounded like he said yabba dabba do. Dwight Thompson. Let me just get this straight. Okay, this I want you to see. We thank you. Don't leave us to our What was that? I missed it. Hang on. This part I do want you to see regular. This is what charismatics are. White Thompson. Let me should get this straight. Somebody's mooing like a cow. How would you like to show up to church where people start mooing like a cow and howling like a wolf? Wouldn't that be great? They think Toronto something. Wait till they come to Boston. Don't leave us to our foolish thinking. Don't leave us to our foolish thinking. Don't leave us to our foolish thinking. Well, you're acting like a bunch of fools. You're literally left to yourself. Leave us to ourselves. Don't leave us to yes. our foolish thinking. Lord, we want all that you have, all, yes. all that you have. Yes. And Lord, if it blows our little minds, let them be blown. <laughs> Father, we want all of what you have, all of what you have. This is God giving them over to stupid. Big time. We thank you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm just curious if anybody would want want to show up to church and have their wife do this. So that reminded you that reminded you of an old hymn. That reminded you of an old hymn. When I was watching that lady crawl around like a cow. 
When I heard them mooing like a cow, when I heard them getting all that God wanted them to have, all of it, I just thought about this old hymn. Really? Because I thought about Nebuchadnezzar. I thought about Nebuchadnezzar. I thought about Nebuchadnezzar being given over. That's what I think about. To acting like an animal. Where he leads, I will follow. And he had a, God told me to look him. And I looked him. And he had a tie on. And on, I don't know if he's here tonight, but he'll know. On the tie had a wolf howling at the moon. And the Lord said to me, will you howl for me? So God said to you, so God said to you, would you howl for me? So God asked you to howl like a wolf. Which God? I said, don't ask me to do that, Lord. He said, if I ask you, will you do it? He said, if I can't ask you to do something in your own house, how are you going to do it out there? So. Darling, hear me. Don't expect the miraculous until you're ready to do the ridiculous. And I can show you that from one end of Scripture to the other. Okay, go ahead and show us. That the miraculous came when the ridiculous was done. That'd be great, wouldn't it? You show up to church, everybody's acting like that. That just screams holiness unto the Lord, doesn't it? Just screams it, doesn't it? Just screams holiness unto the Lord. Mm-mm. Okay. So we see in these verses, Acts chapter 17, verse number 4 and 12 and 34, they did not speak in tongues. Crispus and others who were saved at Corinth in Acts chapter 18... Verse number eight, did not speak in tongues. And Crispus, the chief ruler of the synagogue, believed on the Lord with all his house, and many of the Corinthians, hearing, believed, and were baptized. No tongues. There is no emphasis whatsoever on tongue speaking in the New Testament. It was exercised only three times in all the book of Acts, and the vast majority of the believers did not use it. To create the sort of emphasis upon tongue speaking that one finds in a charismatic movement, one must read many things into the Bible that are not there. This is not the way that honest brethren use the scriptures. The way they use the scriptures, why? Because they're dishonest people. They're very dishonest people. They handle the word of God 
deceitfully is what they do. That's what they do. Next, tongue speaking, biblical proof number two. Tongue speaking as evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit is a false doctrine. As for the doctrine that tongue speaking is the evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, consider the following facts. First, the baptism of the Holy Spirit was fulfilled on the day of Pentecost. And tongues were only one of the demonstrations. There were also the tongues like as a fire and the mighty rushing wind. If tongues is the initial evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, so are all the other demonstrations and we should demand all three. Second, even on the day of Pentecost, only the 120 gathered in the upper room spoke in tongues. Those that were saved under Peter's preaching did not even speak in tongues. Third, even the Samaritans did not speak in tongues after they received the Holy Spirit by the laying on of the apostles' hands. Look at Acts chapter 18. Acts, excuse me, Acts chapter 8, I believe it was. 8. Look at that. 14 through 17. Now, when the apostles were which were at Jerusalem, heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent unto them Peter and John, who, when they were come down, prayed for them, that they might receive the Holy Ghost. For as yet he was fallen upon none of them, only they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And then they laid their hands on them, and they received the Holy Ghost. What happened? No tongues. Why? Because not everybody received tongues. Not everyone did that. And it wasn't the evidence of being baptized in the Holy Ghost. Or the evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Fourth. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is mentioned in the New Testament epistles only one time. In 1 Corinthians 12, 13, it is, and it is described in the past tense, and tongues are not mentioned as the evidence. 1 Corinthians 12, 13. For by one spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one spirit. Now listen. If that was for everyone, there'd have been a lot of distinct instructions that would be given by the apostles and it would be talked about more. Paul would have talked about it more than he did in the epistles. They maximize and talk about things and focus on things and create their little cult on things that are not scriptural or that are out of bounds of the scriptures. Things that were secondarily things, secondary things, things that God would do away with. 
and that he said he would do away with it. The Apostle Paul said in the, in the epistles that he had done away with them. And if, if tongue speaking was the evidence of that, then Paul would have talked about that, and he didn't. He didn't even connect the two together here. For by one spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one spirit. He's not even talking about tongues. He's not even covering that. See, that's that. It's the same one. You can see how this doesn't match the scriptures, what he does here. Watch. And uh, give you a chance to raise your income. Whoops. Well, he's definitely talking about money, right? He likes talking about money. And uh, give you a chance to raise your income. Praise God. You missed a place to shout right there that you need to get used to this now. <laughs> Glory to God. Of course, all of our offerings will go toward the outreaches of Kenneth Copeland Ministries and and uh, especially Kenneth Copeland Ministries Canada, and it is, and, and the, the territories under which the Canadian office uh, is. She go on. The movement of the Spirit of God. Here's where he's going to give his stupid interpretation for two and a half, uh, for two and a half minutes, actually two minutes and... Or two minutes. Yeah, he's going to give his interpretation. So that was one minute, and he's going to interpret for two minutes. It's never. They're just fake. They're liars. That has been prayed over. But, okay, I want to back this up because I want you to see how he doesn't say anything. So if that's the interpretation of what he said. The Spirit gave him utterance, and I'm using that in quotes. Not the, it's not the Holy Ghost. It's the Spirit he has. Gave him utterance to say something that meant nothing. Because he really says nothing here. Both times. Watch. <laughs> Glory to God. Of course, all of our offerings will go toward the outreaches of Kenneth Copeland Ministries and, and uh, especially... Kenneth Copeland Ministries, Canada, and it is, and, and the, the territories under which the Canadian office uh, is. She go on. Tevre ma humble brave, you did to see my hand, Tetike. 
The movement of the Spirit of God that has been prayed over, called down, cried over, died over, sought after, People crying for the lives of other people throughout this entire North American continent, but most especially in these territories and in these places in which we sit tonight. Centuries. People crying and dying, knowing it's coming. Yes. Knowing. Just stupid. What's coming? It's stupid. It's just nonsense and garbage. That there is a move of God beyond anything human eyes have ever seen. Yeah. Knowing. Knowing it's coming. This is all you got to do to get a big offering from a bunch of fools. You just talk about something big that's coming. Look, it's coming. It's just like wrestling. I mean, it was just like wrestling. They would build up for the main event, right? So they build up and they, and right before you pay for the right uh, weeks before the pay-per-view that you could spend $29.99 on or $34.99 for the pay-per-view. Weeks before that, they start building it up. And the Thursday night main, the Thursday night before, the Thursday night SmackDown before, they have all the stars that are going to be there and they all get into it and they all get into a fight and they all build up that main event. That's the same thing he's doing. He builds up a big main event. Right? Oh, is that volume down? It's a prophesied of it. Oh, I guess it, it is. People maybe. have prayed, seeing it in the spirit. Yeah. I'm sorry. Maybe the volume was down low. Sorry about that. Shigama. <laughs> The movement of the Spirit of God that has been prayed over, called down, cried over, died over, sought after. People crying for the lives of other people throughout this entire North American continent, but most especially in these territories and in these places in which we sit tonight. Centuries. People crying and dying, knowing it's coming. Yes. Knowing that there is a move of God beyond anything human eyes have ever seen. Yes. Knowing, knowing it's coming. Prophets have prophesied of it. it people have prayed, seeing it in the spirit. But I'm here to tell you tonight 
we are in the first range of a major flood. It has already begun. Amen. Now, I said that by the Holy Ghost. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say this. <laughs> this is me talking, all right? But it, it's a... Uh, <laughs> well, I'm still speaking of the Spirit, but in, on a different level. On a different level. What does he mean? Absolutely the same thing he said before. Nothing. They hype up something big is coming. Oh, God's going to do... It's like I remember when I was newly saved. Uh, I was... I was talking to this lady. I, w- I think I was so inciting. I can't remember what I was. And she was a charismatic. And she told me that, oh, our church group went to see Michael W. Smith. And Michael W. Smith, he, he prophesied over these teenagers. And he said, God is going to do something amazing with these children right here. God is going to use you in an amazing way. God's going to do so many amazing things with you. I feel the the anointing and the presence of the Spirit all over you. God is going to do amazing things with you. And that's all it takes to flatter them, to boast them, to get them to empty their wallets to get get them to 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 give as much money and support them as much as they can it, it's like they all do it those charismatics are always talking about something big and you're going to reach the next level uh-huh yeah 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 in the spirit yeah uh-huh yeah you're going uh-huh yeah you're going to reach the next level and you've never seen levels like this before levels that are upon levels upon levels upon levels of amazing levels and it's just going to be levels of levels of levels and amazing levels and you're going to reach the next level you're going to get to the next level. You mean like, you mean like Mario Brothers when I'm like, when I'm like on world uh, three, 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 and I'm going to go to like, I, I'm going to warp to like, yeah, you're going to like warp. You're going to like warp to world eight and you're going to reach levels upon levels that are just like amazing levels. You're going to reach the next level. Okay, great. What does that even mean? Absolutely nothing. It means absolutely nothing. It's gibberish. That's what it is. It's the way to say absolutely nothing. It's an absolute distraction and a waste of life. It's a distraction from Holy Ghost living. It's a distraction from everyday Christian living. That's what it is. Fifth. Since the Bible teaches that not every believer spoke in tongues, even in the apostolic age, this gift cannot be the evidence of the spirit of baptism. Right? 
Have all the gifts of healing, do all speak with tongues, do all interpret, but covet earnestly the best gifts, and yet show I unto you a more excellent way. Next, the third, the doctrine that tongues speaking is the evidence of the filling of the Holy Spirit. That's the next biblical proof that they're off their rocker. This is what they teach. As for the doctrine that tongue speaking is the evidence of the filling of the Holy Spirit, consider the following facts. Whereas the baptism of the Holy Spirit was a historical event that occurred only once on the day of Pentecost, the filling of the Holy Spirit was repeated many times in Acts and is something that each believer is instructed to experience on a continual basis. Okay, so let's talk about the filling of the Holy Spirit. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. By the way, I'm going to, now what I'm going to do is. I'm not going to play any 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 videos here. What I'm going to do is I'm going to talk about the charismatic error, error, but I'm going to hit you right between the eyes with what God says about us living for him every day. Because it's real easy to point over to the charismatics and to look at their shallow, fake, distracted Christianity and look at all the fakes and the phonies out there, but to... But to be negligent in looking in the mirror and seeing what God says about you and I being filled with the Holy Spirit. And you and I walking with God every day. Because maybe you're not taken with the air of the uh, of the Pentecostals, but maybe what you're not doing is spirit-filled living in your life now. Because he didn't make it some tongue-flapping stupid thing. God didn't design the spirit-filled life to be something as some charismatic cartoon somewhere or some uh, chick comic book Alberto Rivera fantasy land with crusaders and everything else. But what he did make it was everyday Christian living. And that's what, I'm, that's what we're going to talk about because this is really being filled with the spirit. This is really what it means to be filled with the Spirit. And be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. You want to be filled with the Spirit or evidence of you being filled with the Spirit or the design of being filled with the Spirit? Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. How about this? Does this describe your life? Man, I hear people complain more as Christians then I hear them praise God. 
and be thankful to God for his goodness to them. Here, here, is, here is what the spirit-filled man does and woman does. Giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Giving thanks always for all thanks unto God, for all things unto God. Is your life a life of complaint? Because you're doing the same thing. You're doing the same exact thing the charismatics are doing. You're ignoring what the Bible says about walking in the Spirit, about being filled with the Spirit, about putting on Christ, about walking in the Spirit. And then you look at people, you look at, I have people look at me as a pastor and tell me, well, I don't know what, I don't know how to, how to, how to be filled with the Spirit or how to walk with the Spirit or, or how to, how to put on Christ. It's right here. says it right here. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs and singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Don't tell me you're you're loving God and you're loving your brother when you can't when you or you're that you don't walk around and give thanks. You're not thankful at all. Always negative about everything that God does in your life, your marriage, your home, your children, your husband, your wife. That's not spirit-filled living. Always complaining about whatever problems you have. No thankful spirit. Not being thankful. Like Spurgeon said, it, it is that we... We write our blessings in the sand and we etch our trials in the rocks. When we should be etching our blessings in stone and writing our trials in the sand. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things. Thankful spirits, thankful hearts, thankful people that love the Lord, that show it in their lives. Don't tell me how much you love God when your life looks like hell, when your marriage looks like hell, when your family looks like hell, when, 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 you, when you're not walking with God. It's a joke. You're lying to yourself and everyone else. That's not that's not spiritual. That's not that's not being filled with the spirit. That's not walking in the spirit. 
being filled with the Spirit, you're commanded to. Be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of, the, of, the, of God. Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Right? Being in submission. Living a life of submission. One to another in a godly way. Not having to have your way all the time. Not having to have it your way all the time like your life is one big Burger King store that you get it your way all the time. In marriage, in your home, in your family, in your work. Can't get along with anybody. Can't keep a job anywhere. Can't, can't, uh, can't uh, deal with anybody. Your brothers and sisters in Christ. Can't get along with your wife. Can't get along with your husband. Right? Why? Because you don't live a life of, you don't live a thankful life of submission. That's why. Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. What does that mean? It means that my my submission is according to reverence to God. So then I don't live my life, I don't live my life in an argument, in a constant argument. I'm not talking about doctrine or anything. I'm talking about just constant, constant like, like Ishmael, who was a wild ass, and his hand was against every man. He was like a wild ass. His hand was against every man. Can't dwell peaceably with anyone. Not in your home, not outside of your home. Not with yourself, not with others. He says, submitting yourself, that's being filled with the Spirit. Submitting yourselves, one to another in the fear of God. Because you fear God, and in the fear of God, your submission is there. Then he goes on to, you know, in 21, he speaks of, a, of, a, of an attitude or a spirit of submission. Not a rebel spirit. Not a, not a spirit of argument, argumentation always. For the husband is the, he says, wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. So there's a godly submission to a husband, to your husband. For a woman to be filled with the Spirit, there's a godly submission to a husband, to her husband. Acts 
And then he tells you why you should have a godly submission unto your husband. As unto the Lord, number one. Number two, for the husband is the head of the wife. That's the second reason. Even as Christ is the head of the church. He is the head. Your husband is the head. And he is the sa- and number 3, he is the savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Right? So he gives you a fourth reason. Because the church is subject unto Christ. So let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Here he says, and then the next thing he says to mark someone being filled with the Spirit, husbands, love your wives. In Colossians, he says, husbands, love your wives and be not bitter against them. I've watched men with their wives, some men with their wives, and I've watched them be absolutely bitter with their wives. I've watched wives not submit to their husbands and not do a thing their husband wants them to do. Right? I've watched wives not submit to their own husbands. And then I've watched husbands be absolutely bitter. Absolutely be bitter against their hus- uh, against their wives. Husbands love your wives. In Colossians he says love your wives and be not bitter against them. And I've watched them treat treat their wives bitterly and speak bitterly and speak appropriately to them. There's nothing that makes you look worse as a man than to talk down to your wife. To call them names or to treat them. By the way, any Christian man that degradates himself down to call his wife names is an embarrassment and a shame. The thought should never cross your mind to insult your wife and to call her names. Like that shouldn't even be a part of your vocabulary anyway. But to speak to them in such a manner and to talk down to them in such a way is absolutely wicked. So 
So wives are supposed to submit to their own husbands. This is being filled with the spirit because the husband is the head of the wife for Christ is or for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church. And he is the savior of the body. He is the savior of the body. And the husbands are commanded to love their wives. Love your wives. You're commanded to love your wife. This is being filled with the spirit. This is evidence of being filled with the spirit that you love your wife. even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. This is that evidence. A husband loves their wife as Christ loved the church And gives himself for her. What happens if one of these people don't do that? What happens if the wife doesn't submit? Then the husband still does his duty. What happens if the wife doesn't submit? Or the husband doesn't do his duty? Then the wife still submits. You know, when two people in a marriage are waiting for the other one to be perfect to obey God, guess what? You're going to be a train wreck. It's not going to happen. It amazes me when when born-again believers are waiting for somebody else to do right. Really? You are? You're sitting around leaving your Christianity at the behest of somebody else? Your walk with God is controlled by what somebody else does? Wow. Last time I checked, when I got saved by the grace of God, I wasn't a victim to somebody else. I wasn't a victim to somebody else's life or somebody else's wrongdoing. It's like teaching your children. Oh, well, it's so-and-so's fault because... Because they talked you into doing this, or it's 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 uh it's your it's my fault because of this, or this happened because of this, and you're running around blaming everybody else for your bad actions, for your bad behavior. That's not being filled with the spirit. That's being filled with your own flesh. That's what that is. It's not being filled with the Spirit. That's not walking in the fear of the Lord. It's walking in your own flesh. I'm waiting for somebody else to get right with God. I'm waiting for my wife to do right so I can love her. 
I'm waiting for my husband to love me so I can submit to him. Wait, so then you're both just making excuses of why you're destroying your your marriage? You're making excuses for why you're destroying your children? Really? Is that what you're doing? Ah, great. People grow up making excuses for why they do certain things, making excuses for why they have to live a certain way, and blaming everybody else's bad behavior. Right? Blaming everybody else for what's going what's wrong and not dealing with their own lives. That's a horrible way to live your life. Husbands, love your wives even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. Your correction ought to be not insults to your wife or husband. A husband should not correct his wife with insulting her and calling her names and belittling her. His correction should be with the word of God. That he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy without blemish. So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. By the way, you want to know something? When I married my wife, she didn't know everything. Still doesn't. Neither do I. And I didn't know everything. But you know what the difference is? As I began to learn, I began to teach my wife the things that she needed to know. And I continue to teach her the things that she needs to know scripturally sound things that she needs to know to grow as a wife. I don't wait for her to get to, to figure it out herself or insult her into doing the things that she needs to do. That doesn't work. It isn't productive. It isn't biblical. And by the way, I'm not going to wait for her to be perfect for me to lead and do what I'm supposed to do. And, And you know what? I'm so sick and tired of people using excuses for why they do what they do because of the way they were raised or because who cares the way you're raised? You have the scriptures now. You have the truth now. You have instructions now. You have the Bible now. You have all these things now. Why do you continue with bad behavior and not try to change that by the power of God and not work on those things and do the things that you're supposed to do now? Why are you making excuses by what you did or what, how you were raised or what you went through? Who cares?
So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. For no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourisheth and cherisheth it, even as the Lord the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and shall be joined unto his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife, even as himself. The wife see that she reverence her husband. See that? Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife. You know, it's interesting. But when you get married, those things are tested. That's why God put this in his word for you to have. That's why the Apostle Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, wrote this. Because this is the challenge. This is the challenge. That you love your wife as yourself. And the wife, her challenge is that she reverences her husband, that she respects her husband. And when these things don't happen under the guise of Christianity, you know what happens? You raise little hypocrites. You raise children that that grow up in a home where they don't see biblical Christianity, but they go to church and they hear about it. By the way, I don't have time to go into it, but he goes on with the children and he explains what it means for the children to be filled with the spirit. Children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. He's going to go on. He's going to talk about servants obeying their masters. All those things. To be filled with the Spirit is to be controlled and led by the Spirit. It is to submit to the Spirit's direction and power and wisdom. As for tongues, though the book of Acts mentions Christians being filled with the Spirit many times, tongue speaking is mentioned only once in this context, and that is Acts chapter 2, 4. The disciples were filled with the Spirit and spoke in tongues, but elsewhere they were filled with the Spirit and did not speak in tongues. It is ridiculous then to try to make tongues speaking the evidence of Holy Spirit filling. A survey of Acts shows the following things occurred when believers were filled with the Spirit. Acts 2.4 They praise God in supernaturally given foreign languages. Acts 4.8-12 through 12. They, they witnessed of Christ with boldness. Being filled with the Spirit, the evidence of that is boldness. Acts chapter 6, when they chose out the deacons, they were servants. They were willing to serve God's people in Acts chapter 6. That's an evidence of being filled with the Spirit, that you're willing to serve. You're willing to, to be a servant. In Acts 7 through, uh, Acts chapter 7, verse 55 through 60, they had a Christ-like spirit towards those that, towards those that uh, persecuted them. Let's see, let me get that verse. 
Oh, 55 through 60, sorry. But he being full of the Holy Ghost looked up steadfastly into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing on the right hand of God and said, Behold, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing on the right hand of God. Then they cried out with a loud voice and stopped their ears and ran upon him with one accord and cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their clothes at a young man's feet whose name was Saul. They stoned Stephen, calling upon God and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. He kneeled down and cried with a loud voice, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. When he had said this, he fell asleep. Wait, you mean they're willing to serve? Yeah, like a husband or like a, wife, a husband and wife serve one another, like a wife serves her husband. That's evidence of being filled with the Spirit. By the way, that doesn't mean they spoke like little mamby-pambies either because Stefan looked at him and said, you stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears, you do always resist the Holy Ghost. As your fathers did, so do ye. So he told him the truth. He speaked harsh to him. They were Christ-like in their attitude toward their enemies. They were ready to obey God's word in Acts 9, 17 through 20. They didn't fall asleep in church. They were ready to listen and obey, right? They were paying attention. They didn't distract themselves with everything else. They followed God. Acts 9, 17, and Ananias went his way and entered the house and putting his hands on him said, Brother Saul, the Lord, even Jesus, had appeared unto thee in the way as thou camest, has sent me that thou mayest receive thy sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost. And immediately there fell from his eyes as it had been scales and he received sight forthwith and arose and was baptized. And when he had received meat, he was strengthened. Then was Saul certain days with the disciples which were at Damascus, and straightway he preached Christ in the synagogues that he is the Son of God. They won souls to Christ in Acts chapter 11, verse 24. They were filled with the Spirit. What did they do? They won souls. In Acts 13, 8 through 10, they resisted false preachers. Acts 13. But Elimaeus the sorcerer, for so is his name by interpretation, withstood them, seeking to turn away the deputy from the faith. Then Saul, who also is called Paul, filled with the Holy Ghost, set his eyes on him and said, O full of all subtlety and all mischief, thou child of the devil, thou enemy of all righteousness, wilt thou not cease to pervert the right ways of the Lord? He stood up to him. They had joy in the Lord. Acts 13, verse 52. Man, they weren't running around like a sourpuss all the time. Looked like they ate something nasty 24-7. Some Christians I see, they, they remind me of like a cross between Fred Sanford and Archie Bunker. And the disciples were filled with, the, with joy and with the Holy Ghost. They had the joy of the Lord. They were filled with joy and with the Holy Ghost. Further, the evidence of the filling of the Holy Spirit in Ephesians 5 and 6 does not mention tongues. They're the marks of spirit filling or what we just went over. 
spiritual relationships among the brethren, worship of God, resisting Satan, and effectual prayer life. Tongue speaking is not even mentioned. It's living for God, and that's why Satan wants to distract you with with stupid tongue speaking and distract you with fancy signs and wonders and all kinds of other things so you don't get to the meat of real Christian biblical living. That's what he wants to do. He wants to distract you from it. Amen. All right, that's good. I got fired up. I'm done now because I'm out of time. I got stuff to do, but I'll tell you what. I'll probably pick it up again tonight. Let's see. shadows plant my feet on higher ground lift me up above the clouds Lord where thy pure sunshine is Shadows, let me ever 
Admitted, amen. Lift me up above the shadows. Good song by Alan Ives. And I'm going to get some more music here uh, coming uh, this year. I, I got to, there's a few things I got to work out, but I'm going to get some more albums and, and we'll expand our music catalog here with some really good things. And I'm looking forward to that here this year as we shuffle through some things and add a bunch of new songs and all that good stuff. So we'll definitely be doing that. And uh, looking forward to that. Amen. Glad to hear um, Anna, Shell, and and Red um, that uh, their son Samuel is is okay. He's God spared his life. He was in a terrible car accident. We thank God for for him sparing his life. That's a blessing for sure. None that we should um, take lightly. Amen. Is the Lord for that? I'm glad to know that that He's He's going to be okay. But praise God for that. Now you pray for our ministry, if you would please. Uh, tonight, uh, don't miss in about three hours and forty five minutes. I'll be preaching live on sermonaudio.com, and uh, you can catch us there or on Rumble right here. Um, we're live on Rumble. Tonight, and I'll be back in Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 2, verse number, I believe, 15 through 17. Uh, beyond, uh, verses 15 through 17. We'll see. I'm going to try to finish that because I want to push ahead through chapter 2 and get to chapter 3. <laughs> I'm going too slow. I got to get moving. But um, anyway, uh, so you pray about uh, watching that if you can or listening in on that. Uh, also, uh, pray for our ministry. Uh, pray for the Lord to provide for us. All the bills are due. Uh, it's the first of the month, and all of our bills are due. And uh, I'm sure grateful for God's uh, provision and care, but uh, thousands of dollars come due uh, the first of the month. And uh, so you pray for us about that. And if you'd like to give towards our ministry, you certainly can do that. Oldpazbaptistchurch.org. Um. Uh, let's see. Hey, where was the recreation of that cave you preached in live between North Carolina? Well, I didn't preach in the cave. I preached in the real cave in Italy. That cave is in, um, is in, uh, Valdez, North Carolina, Valdez, North Carolina, where you can find that, that cave. Um, I preached in the real one, but uh, anyway, so oldpazbaptistchurch.org. Go there, click on the donate button, or just scroll down to the main page and PayPal, Venmo, or Apple Pay. You can go there, or you can go to our Old Paz Baptist Church web, uh, our sermonaudio.com slash Pastor Cooley, and you can scroll to the bottom of the screen. And our address is 1030 South Highway 3, Northfield, Minnesota, if you'd like to mail us something. If you can't do any of those things, I know that you can pray. And you can pray and ask God to touch hearts for that. Pray about uh, our Canadian work we're going to do this year. We're going to Canada. I'm taking my family there. Got a lot going on. Uh, Carl and Mary are going to renew their vows there. Uh, Daryl and Teresa, my mom and dad, want to renew their vows at uh, Niagara Falls in Canada. So, and also I have Baptist history I'm doing there. Um. And I have some other things that I'll be doing there and a documentary on 
preaching in the open air in Canada versus the United States and open air evangelism and the persecution and all those other things. So I'll be dealing with a lot of those things, okay? You pray for us. Lots of work ahead and finishing up the Colosseum. So I would appreciate your prayer, okay? All right, everybody. I'm out of here. God bless you all. Take care. Had a good crowd on here, 80 people. And we averaged most of that 80 the whole time. I mean, it was a good crowd. So uh, we definitely had a good crowd on here. Uh, Praise the Lord for that, okay? Anyway, God bless you all. Take care. And uh, we'll see you Friday, 2 p.m. Central Time. Friday, 2 p.m. Central Time. Take care.